As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. With me, as always... On Mondays, my good friend, Michele Vera. Michele, what is up? Well, first of all, yesterday, I witnessed to the most incredible sport moment of my entire life. <laughs> I mean, basket is, basket is the sport to which I dedicate the most time. But when I was a kid, I used to watch Maurice Green and other great sprinters. And yesterday, I like to be able to watch Marcel Lamont Jacobs winning the gold medal yeah it's almost like i don't know it's something that an italian guy cannot even think when he's young i mean yeah so it was a sorry uh off topic so unbelievable (laughs) stick to basketball now take your time this is your time i was screaming like like a three-year-old kid like (laughs) at the tv it was insane so i love it it's so fun yeah. yeah, tomorrow will, so, my brother will, will, will run. So it's uh, What time? Um, I think it's 5.10 OKC time in the morning. A.M., a. 5.10? Yes, okay. yes. And then if he qualifies, he will be on the 5th, I think, uh, early morning, but a, li- a little bit later. Tell, tell everybody his name again, and uh, everybody tune in. What did you say? It's 5.10 Central Time. Yes, yes. He will be in the... F- Fifth heat, and he's Paolo P A O L O uh, Dalmolin. So D A L M O L I N. And go watch it, guys. Yeah, we'll be rooting. Yeah, we'll be rooting with you. That's awesome. Yeah, I will. I took a day off. <laughs> Good for Just you. Just to be there. I love it. Uh, McKelly, the draft came and went. Wow. We we have, I mean, we've spoken, but we haven't spoken that much about it. Um, it's been a busy time. And now let's, we have some space from the draft to kind of think about it a little bit more and discuss the, the draft picks of Josh Giddy, Trey Mann, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and Aaron Wiggins. Uh, four players that I don't think we would have predicted would be on the Thunder today. Mm-hmm. Uh, four players that uh, aren't elite athletes. Maybe Aaron Wiggins, maybe the the best of them. Mm-hmm. And but four guys that fit what the Thunder are trying to build. So you know, whenever there were these mock drafts that had like Keon and Jalen Johnson going to the Thunder, or the mock drafts that had you know Kaminga, Keon, and Jalen Johnson, you're kind of like, oh my goodness. Like one, mm-hmm. do they do these guys actually have intel, you know, on what's going on with the Thunder? And then two, it makes you just wonder: it, Are the Thunder building what I thought they were building? You know, because this draft helps set the course for where they're going. You know, last last draft, you know, they had later picks. They traded up to seventeen. They picked at thirty-two. Cool, that's great. Those aren't those aren't like franchise shaking. Like this is the first draft. We have to remember that too. Like this is draft number one in the rebuild last year. Wasn't it? 
this is it. This is draft number one. And so if you're impatient at draft number one, you might need to check your fandom a little bit. Because this is this team is going to take its time. When I'm talking draft number one, I mean there will be more drafts where they are drafting yeah. in the lottery with almost some certainty. And they set the course for where this team is headed when they selected Josh Giddy at six. When you think about the remaining players in the draft and who they could have taken, Jonathan Kaminga is at the top of that list. Jonathan Kaminga does not fit the current Thunder culture mm-hmm. whatsoever. Jonathan Kaminga is going to have to learn how to play in a system. Jonathan Kaminga is going to have to learn how to fit in. If you watched him with the G League Ignite, it was your turn, my turn. It was, okay, now Jonathan Kaminga is going to do his thing. And then you don't, and then you see him not compete on the other end. And so there's a, there's a lot of work to do with Kaminga. Uh, Franz mm-hmm. Wagner, maybe as, an, as a guy that probably does fit what OKC is trying to do, um, but not a ball handler, really. Uh, and then yeah, like James to Booknight, me, too, who, yeah. who was like, that was like the guy. Like, I think everybody, I think the jersey I saw the most when I woke up on draft day, when I turned, flipped on Twitter, was James Booknight in the Thunder jersey. And that just didn't happen. And it's the lack of passing. Like, I almost promise you that. And we talked about it so much that the lack of passing was like a real thing with him. So, sorry, I've been going on a tangent, but I just feel just like I have so many things to say. No, it's all good. And I think that. Um, there is a legit chance that they tried to get both uh, Giddy and Book Knight because I think that if they drafted Trey Mann, I think they were high on Book Knight as well for the same exact for the exact same reasons. Like yeah. he is an elite shot creator for himself uh, from the dribble, and so maybe they really tried to make a deal with um, with Charlotte for what we know, or yeah, with perhaps. Sacramento, and. I mean, maybe they didn't offer three first-round picks, mainly because their evaluation of Book Knight against um, against Trey Mann is not to not more than one extra first-round pick. And mm-hmm. if that is your evaluation, you have to go with it. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's not that you have to waste those picks; you have to get value for those picks. And again, if you think that Book Knight is the next, I promise you, if Presti has superstar grades on book night i mean i don't believe that he's not on the thunder today like he would have offered like four yeah. for some picks yeah. if that is what what it what it takes to trade up and to me uh what the pick of Trayman says is we want a shot creator we want an elite uh pull-up shooter and we got one and we got one with our pick without spending anything because we we had him maybe 10th on our board is that a mistake? It's it's our process, and we believe that. So I really believe that um, what they did is just evaluating every single uh, possi- possibility to, to, to trade up, and the, in in the end, they just evaluated Giddy more than Book Knight, which is something that I personally like. I mean, I half jokingly said during the draft, "Let's go wild and pick Giddy instead of Book Knight," because yeah. to me, that is that is way more interesting to me. It's yeah. way more modern basketball, modern version of the Thunder. He's an elite passer. He's if you if you watch NBL and you watch Lamelo Ball last year or Giddy, the kind of passes that Giddy is able to to throw are not that different from the one that Lamelo was doing. And, and also the efficiency, mm-hmm. the three point shooting. It's just that everyone kind of trusted Lamelo to be this crazy good scorer because they they saw him doing at a high school level. Now, Giddy is not the same, but if you look at the numbers, it's not that he was less efficient than Lamelo, less pass-happy than Lamelo, less rebounding-happy than Lamelo. So, no. who knows? I mean, I think that there is superstar potential in Giddy. Um, is that the likeliest outcome? No. Uh, the likeliest outcome is probably something a little bit better than Thomas Sadoransky with, uh, again, a little bit more IQ in terms of passing and, and maybe a little bit more scoring, which is a pretty good player. And a player that's six foot nine, that like can exactly. play more more. That's positions. why I picked Sato as a comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, that's yeah, that's probably like low, even a low end outcome, mm-hmm. you know, with him because he, a lot of guys that struggle in the league is is because the pace of play is is so high and the thought process is so high that they just can't stay on the court. Now with these smart players like this. 
and and him being as young as he is, I think that he's going to figure it out. Like I'd be I'd be very surprised. I don't think he has very high bust potential. Uh, you look at Kaminga again. Like Kaminga's got like real bust potential because oh, yeah. there's lots of doubts whether he can process the game at the NBA level and if he can defend at the NBA level. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of question marks there with him and. You know, I don't think you have the same questions with Giddy. Like Giddy is, I think he'll play. Whether or not he becomes a star, an all-star, whatever, like that, that is up for debate. That is certainly questionable mm-hmm. because he's got to figure out the shot. Like that's to me, that's the number one thing. And yes. then, what what position is he? He's probably on the wing. And the Thunder would the Thunder will definitely say this phrase, and you're going to hear this. Well, what is he? Is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? Is he a basketball player? He's a basketball oh, player. He's just a basketball player. Okay, <laughs> cool. Great. Thank you. Thanks. That helps <laughs> Thank a lot. Thank you, Sam. Uh, <laughs> that That's enlightening. That helps me tremendously. Uh, but he will play with, I think he'll play really well with Shea and Dort and mm-hmm. with Poku because I think they're all going to be able to just swing the ball and move and find gaps and, you know, but the thing that they need him to do in order to play off of Shea is be able to hit a catch-and-shoot three. Like, that's yeah. that's got to be something that they're prioritizing with him because he really was the primary creator for the 36ers in the mm-hmm. last season that he played with them. And he was their point guard. There was really nobody else. And part, like, part of that was, like, out of necessity. And now we get to kind of see what he is. Because the Thunder have a lot of guards that can handle the ball, including like Trey Mann will come in, and, and if he does get to play, I have questions about that. But if he does get to play, like they're going to put the ball in his hands if he's going to play, because that's where he's going to be most successful. So it seems to me that Giddy would be more of a secondary creator. And now, with with him, with Poku, with even Dort, and even Baisley, You've got lots of secondary creators out there. You have lots of options on what you can do, especially when you're running the court. Like Everybody can grab and go, which I think is a really important thing and something that the Thunder really have emphasized uh, with this next group is that everybody needs to grab and go. We're going to play fast. We're going to have guys that can make quick decisions. I think they drafted players that make quick decisions and that know what they're going to do with the basketball. Like There's no... You know, Andre Robertson was notorious for the record scratch, you know, mm-hmm. once, when the ball hit his hands in the half court or even on the break at times. Uh, not going to be the case with this team. And Josh Giddy is a reason for that. I think that, to me, I think he plays right away. He's been playing professionally with grown yeah. men, with guys that have played in the NBA. Uh, I would start him. Like, this would be my starting lineup. I would start uh, SGA, Dort, Giddy, Poku, fill in the blank you know i don't know Favors if favors stays. i don't i don't know if faves is staying around uh if favors stays start him you know if if it is isaiah roby like start isaiah roby uh no it doesn't really matter what do you no. mean no no what do you mean no why no drop no just no just start basely yes yes start please. no basically start, basically uh, is fine Start JRE. Uh, start Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. Yeah, <laughs> Jeremiah Robinson, Earl. Uh, Earl. Yeah, I think they should consider to me, to him. Me, Earl will never be even said. It, it will just be Jeremiah Robinson, and we will forget <laughs> about the Earl. Because uh, Alexander is long, so you can you can say Shea Gilgis Alexander, yeah. and it makes sense. Yeah. When you say Je- Jeremiah Robinson, you're already you are already done. So yeah, I think that the Earl will be there. <laughs> have to ask him about that. You have to ask him about that. Uh, let's we'll get to him in a second. Let's talk Trey Mann for a minute. Yeah. Uh, at 18, it was a bit of a shocker. Oh, we can talk about 16 too. The Thunder traded. Oh yes, the, let's talk about that. It's the, the most 16th pick for. Yeah. For two picks, one is a 2023 first rounder from the Washington Wizards. This came from the Westbrook John Wall trade. So the protections on this pick are one through 14 in 2023, so lottery protected. One through 12 and 24, one through 10 and 25, and one through eight and 26. So essentially, 
either the wizards are horrid and they don't see a pick that com- it conveys and turns into um, second round picks mm-hmm. or it conveys. I would guess one with the way that Bradley Beal has been so insistent on being a part of this franchise and maybe that changes by 23 maybe it doesn't who knows but if he insists and he gets an extension from them and he stays i could very well convey in 2023 which is great yeah so that's and i just there were so many people in my mentions uh draft night just saying these are fake picks no that's that's not look again look again these aren't no. fake picks. Even no, if you just got right. one of these to convey, then you're in the money. Let's take a look at the other one. A 2022 first-round pick from Detroit. Detroit's first-round pick to Houston protected for the selections. This is a pick traded to Houston, but now it's OKC's. 1 through 16 in 2022. Unlikely to convey. The Detroit Pistons will probably not be in the playoffs in 2022. Fine. 1 through 18 in 2023. 1 through no. 18 in 24. 1 through 13 in 2025. Who knows? That could that could very well convey that year. And then 1 through 11 in 2026, 1 through 9 in 2027. The Thunder are going to get one of those picks, most likely. Yeah. Because yeah. Cade Cunningham, if Cade Cunningham is everything everybody believes him to be, then the the Thunder got two real first-round picks. They are going to... I, I believe they are very likely to convey. So you basically get... Another shot at 16 twice, right? Yeah, exactly. In the future. And, and to me, you don't have to be caught in the moment of saying, well, we could have had Shengun or Murphy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But in, like, you have to assume that, yes, the, the, the in-the-moment value of something, it's, it's really important. If you don't have money mm-hmm. when you need them, then it's um, you just, you just you're broke. Um, but if you think about like OKC has all the time to think in perspective. Think about knowing on draft night, and I tweeted as much like two hours ago uh, because I was yeah. bored. Um, think about the trade Kemba Walker for two protected first round picks. Wow. Mm-hmm. He would have said, wow, Prest is a yep. genius. He's mm-hmm. really a genius. This is a test. Like two picks for a guy that you can probably flip for another one yeah. in two months. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now, because OKC was there, and because someone told you that Shangun will be the best player in the draft, now this is not, it's not a good trade anymore. No, mm-hmm. it, it's not how it works. Um, I mean, of course, Shangun has the possibility to be an all-star. But to me, the easiest path for Shangun to be an all-star is to be Vucevic 2.0, maybe a little bit better. And again, yeah. I don't like that player. I mean, if you, there are yeah. teams that, I mean, to me, the trade that Orlando did with, with Chicago is, it's an amazing trade for oh, Orlando. Brilliant. Like two picks brilliant. for that guy mm-hmm. that will never, ever help you winning. Mm-hmm. He's in the league since, I don't know, 10 years, eight years. He doesn't yeah, correlate a, to winning. Yeah. Dwight, like the original Dwight Howard trade, I think he was uh, like finishing his rookie season. Like he's been in the league for, for forever. You know, yeah. and he's only been a, only been in the first round, hasn't gotten out. And then when he got to Chicago, everybody thought, oh, great. Chicago's making the playoffs now. Nope. No. Eighth pick. Eight. Yeah. You have to play defense. And Shangun maybe will. Uh, but to me, like maybe, and again, like go at me when he will average 20 and, and 10 in his rookie season yeah. and he will be the best player in the NBA. That's That's how these things go. But to me... Like being mad because OKC didn't draft Shangun. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Just just don't yeah. sweat on that. Uh, to yeah. me, if you want to question, and I'm up for it because I, I really believe that that is a question to be to be had. Like, why didn't they t- like why don't take um, Trey Murphy? That is a player that I really like, and to me the fit is so sure. seamless. Um, but if if they want a pull up shooter, then Trey Murphy is not a pull up shooter. And if they were high on book night and man and maybe bones because of that, then then okay, it's just a different player. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced that those particular that those like scoring, like non-passing, score first, little defense guys. Pass. 
four assists per game. I'm not talking no. about Trey Mann. I'm talking about like I'm talking about the other like scores in the draft, <laughs> like ball, more ball dominant scores. Um, yeah, I I think it was good value. I just think it's the outrageous value to get two picks for the 16th mm-hmm. pick. To trade two picks, get two picks in return for the 16th pick, that just never, ever, ever happens. And, like, make no mistake, like I said at the beginning of the pod, I'm going to say it again. Like, this is draft number one. They went into the draft with three picks in the first round, came out with two players, and then came out of the draft with three first-round picks, including the Derek Favors, the trade for Derek Favors. That's unbelievable. They left the draft and have the exact same amount of first round picks as they did going into it. That's insane. Like who like who does that? And you get Josh Giddy, you get to see what Trey Mann is. Like that's it's an unbelievable job that they did. Now, I've been giving this like a grade of like a B or B minus just because they didn't, you know get Evan Mobley or they didn't get Cade Cunningham or they didn't get Jalen Suggs. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's where I can't be like, they knocked it out of the park. A plus like, I don't, I don't think so. I think, and Alex has been saying this in our text group, like this is a relatively normal draft outside of this. And I I don't think it is that just because of the 16th pick and what they're, the value they're able to extract there. That's abnormal. I think most teams, if we're, if we're going to be honest, don't have the discipline to even take that deal because they want to win the press conference. OKC wins the press conference easy if they just take Shangun. Because oh, yeah. there was so much momentum because of the like the John like John Hollinger at the Athletic was so big on him. And you just heard so much about him. Kevin Pelton had him number one on his board. Like there was just so much like analytical momentum moving towards Shangun that you just take him at 16, you take Trey Man at 18, you take Giddy. It's like, whoa. Like I think then like people would be like, wow, this is A plus for the Thunder. Wow, great job. But because they were disciplined enough to take what is outrageously tremendous value in those two picks, instead of taking the player and if you go back and look at every single draft at pick 16, the odds that that player will turn into a really good player is about 4%. Yeah. So are you going to take the 4% chance that Shangun will turn into the guy that everybody thinks he will be, that Kevin Pelton's computer machine thinks he will be? Or are you going to take the 96% and two first-round picks? And the Thunder were disciplined enough to say we're going to bet on the 96% and we are going to take two first round picks that because of the way they're protected will likely convey at least one of them is for sure to convey and the other one I think I think both of them will eventually convey they're they're not it's not like they both end in 2024 and that's it like they go out far into the future and let's say you're the thunder and by the time that 2025 or 2026 rolls around you're really good like you have a good yeah. team by then and you still have first round picks coming your way if let's say they didn't trade it because most likely they're going to trade these picks and they're going to use them to extract value elsewhere but let's say they do have them like how valuable is getting like the 13th or 14th pick whenever you are a like top 5 or top 6 team in the league like that's tremendously valuable to get a guy either to come in to your team and develop him along with the good team that you have, or to trade it to go get a player that can help you now. Like those are tremendous tools down the yeah. road. And it's hard to see it. It's so hard to see it today because people are like, well, when are we finally going to trade these picks? Yeah, when is it exactly, finally going to exactly. happen? That is the sentiment. But, Being out, they are yeah. aler- like fans, fans are starting to be allergic to picks. Yeah. And, and it's, it's fine. I mean, we're, it's it's almost like restarting all over again when you when you yeah. trade for a first round pick. It's not that. Don't think about no. that in this way. I mean, they they have a very good young core that may very well be already the core that will win for OKC. I mean, no one is saying yeah. this today, I but I mean, imagine Shea Gilgis Alexander coming to OKC. Mm-hmm. Everybody said, well, good player, not a star, mm-hmm. and then after right. two seasons. Whoa, that he could be a top 20 guy in the league. Like, if 
one between Theo Maledon, Darius Baisley, very unlikely, uh, both uh, both of them, or Gidi mm-hmm. or Pokoshevsky become top 20 players in the league, this team is ready to compete. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a given that this version of all oh, this version of OKC will likely win in the thirties, like high twenties, low thirties next season. But yeah. the the path to be a very good team may be shorter than than what we think, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. it's they they have bad luck, and so they are in the lottery again, and maybe they will draft Chet, and there you have it, your starting five with Chet as a, as mm-hmm. the five. Can you imagine? Oh. Like oh. or or Paulo Banquero? I definitely can. I can or, imagine or, it. Yeah, or or you, or you draft Paulo Banquero, which is a very good wing um, that will play for Italy in the national team. So maybe um, that is also good news, and um, they will be a very good team anyway. So yeah, don't. And as you said, I mean, those picks one day will be the next year draft and teams will start to look at them and say, wow, they, ha- they can give me two picks, two protected picks in next year draft. And those will be valuable, like extremely yeah. valuable. And, and, and then we will jump maybe uh, in a couple of minutes into free agency. I don't think that they are done. I mean, they will get yeah. another first round pick, maybe two by in the next 72 hours because... We all know that the the major part of the of the deals will be in the next seventy two hours, yeah, and and definitely. I I fully expect them to at least snag one uh, for um, maybe um, the Andrew Jordan type of guy or maybe mm-hmm. two by rerouting Kemba and maybe getting some as some distress asset along the way like mm-hmm. and and yeah they will use those. Also, think about we have to think about it this way too. Let's say the Thunder are ready in 2025 or 2024, and they're like, "Okay, great, we have our team, we have our stars, we have some guys to put around them, or we just have a really high-level team." And there is a star that wants out, and there's a team that's wanting assets and they want to start over. Mm-hmm. Thunder can say, "Great, we have six first-round picks for whoever it is. Maybe R.J. Barrett is so tired of." the Knicks and he's a very good player in the future and he's a yeah. guy that would like we feel like he can fit right in here RJ Barrett is not necessarily the guy that I'm really thinking of but like just stick with me think um, about Zion Zion or Jaron Jackson or um, it doesn't matter like pick a pick a star like pick any pick any star Michael Porter Jr. I don't care who young star somebody that's going to blossom over the next few years and maybe they're not in the situation that they love the Thunder will are, will still be in position then to yeah. take on, to trade for, and take on a player that is very good down the road and add them into the team. It'd be like adding, you know, if Kevin decided to stay, the Thunder still had enough assets there and it had enough young players that they developed and had the Sabonis and the Oladipo pieces. They could have just traded for Paul George and put him on that team, yeah. you know? So... Oh, hoops off! Like, chill out with the Jaron Jackson cop. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, just stick with me. I don't care who the player is. Pick your, pick your player. Hoops off! Sixty nine. Imagine, imagine that today is 2025, and Philadelphia is asking today at least four first round pick. Okay, so you can yeah. laugh at that and say, I have six, but I'll give you four yeah. just because you ask at least four. Like, yeah. they, they have the well, power to say yeah. so. Yeah. A- and and I read so many comments during the draft, um, even from some some of your colleagues at The Athletic, like, well, but the price will be higher for OKC than anyone else. No, don't believe that. Like rich people don't pay more for commodities or or, or things that we normally buy. They buy cereals at the same price. If they they pay more, it's because- The picks are worth the same. Exactly, exactly. At a certain point, if you, of course, if, if Presti says, well, I like the value is one and, and they asking me two, but yeah, let's give him two. No, no, he will never yeah. do that. Why would right. you? Yeah, like, he wouldn't. And if it, it, it's like, I mean, if Sam Hinkie were to would have stayed with the Sixers, like Sam Hinkie's not giving up just gobs of first round picks just to get where he wants. That was what Elton Brand's job was. That's what Brian Colangelo's job was, right? They came in, didn't have a firm grasp of what the plan was to mm-hmm. begin with. And then just said, oh, I've got all this stuff. And they just spent it all, right? 
Yeah. And it was for just Tobias gone. Harris, which yeah. is a very good player, but not the best player to put around. I mean, like Joe Harris is a better fit for what Philadelphia yeah. is doing today. Definitely. Definitely. There are many players. Yeah, Michael Brogdon would be and like if you if you have the picks and you can yeah. trade for Brogdon instead of Joe ha- or, or instead of Tobias Harris. I mean, yeah. you probably solve a lot of your problems. So, Definitely. I mean, if you have the asset in your very good, like um, almost a machine in terms of how you calculate value, then mm-hmm. nobody will, there will never be the chance where you pay more just because you have more. Yeah. It's, if you exactly. pay more, it's because you think that the other part of the, of the deal is misevaluating something that you want. Exactly. The, like the say that he, like, say that the value for you is seven, and the consensus value is three, and you give four. Oh, see, he overpaid. No, he didn't. It's you that you. Yeah. It's your evaluation that is different than mine. And and either side can be wrong. That's the point. But it's not overpaying. Yeah, totally agree. Like like just uh, Giddy is not overdrafting. Like you overdraft yeah. if you have different possibilities, which. I don't think they were there and you pick the one that just because I mean yeah let's let's be sure and pick him there no it, that is not what you do I mean there yeah. well, there were reports of Golden State wanting him yeah. like there were reports yeah. of uh, yeah. I don't remember which team uh, wanting Trey Mann like if you uh, probably the Knicks a few weeks later so yeah this is not overdrafting yeah, is getting what you want at the place that you need yeah it it definitely felt on draft night, like an overdraft, because the of the mock drafts that were being put out there. I felt like the NBA teams did better than they have in a long time of not letting all the reporters and all the guys that do these mock drafts know what they were going to do. You know, and that screwed with the mock drafts. That's why the mock drafts were a lot more inaccurate after you got past the fifth pick, because no one really telegraphed. There was nobody telegraphing that. Josh Primo was going to go at 12. Like nobody thought that. Everybody felt like that was a giant reach. But had they had the information, that two was weeks the guy before, for OKC. I'm almost sure it was. I think so too. I think that was the guy at 16 for OKC that they felt like they could let go of 16 because of him. He fits he fits the mold too, like age-wise very very good shooter. Lots of runway, lots of ways that he can improve. Uh had had the mock drafters had the information two weeks before that Josh Primo was going to go 12 and they mocked him at 12, people aren't surprised. But mm-hmm. we didn't know what San Antonio's board looks like. We don't heck, we don't know what OKC's board looks like. No. We don't know what anybody else's board looks like. And because the the draft didn't look like, you know, ESPN's board, the Athletics board, or Bleacher Report, it doesn't it doesn't mean the value isn't there. It felt mm-hmm. like that, but. You know, as as I've been saying, and I've said it for weeks leading up to the draft, like every single year, the draft order is wrong. Yes. Like every single year. And it will be wrong again. Like this will be wrong again. Maybe yeah. OKC's picks are wrong. Like that's certainly possible. Yes, they are wrong because Josh Giddy will be the consensus number two pick in that's three right. years. <laughs> That's it. I'm also fairly, fairly convinced that if OKC was able to trade up to four, they probably would have taken Scotty Barnes. Because you look at the type of player that they wanted to take, hmm. I'm fairly convinced that that's what they would have done. No Suggs? I, I mean, I don't know. Suggs must have had some brutal workouts, man. Hmm. Because from what I saw at Gonzaga to what I saw draft night made zero sense. Yeah, Z- row i didn't get it to me he was my second favorite player in the draft watched all of them watched i mean we watched, i watched a ton of like the top five guys a ton and i was very close to putting him number one <laughs> like like dangerously close to putting him number one yeah and there must have been some disconnect with his workouts or his interviews or something because him falling all the way to the magic just made absolutely no sense to me. I just didn't really get it. Um, especially, like, I like Barnes just fine. 
I worry about his scoring. I don't worry about Giddy's scoring as much. I don't worry about Giddy's offensive no. game as much as I, as I do Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes will be a better defender. He's a better athlete. Um, he's got better reach. He's got all those things. Um, so maybe that's – I mean, that's certainly why Toronto favored him over a guy like Josh Giddy. But Giddy is, like, the, the next, like, evolution of that kind of player, like six foot nine can dribble, can pass, can play multiple positions, will play multiple positions in the NBA. So, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, to me, it's really interesting. Uh, let's take a break. And after we after we get back from the break, we're going to talk about the other three players the Thunder selected. We're going to talk about Shea's potential extension, which could be done as soon as tonight. Uh, we're going to talk Spencer Dinwiddie, Markinen, Devontae Graham. What the, what's going on here? And then... Russell Westbrook called Kawhi Leonard? What? (laughs) We'll be right back after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back after that quick break. McKelle, let's discuss Trey Mann for just a minute. Uh, Number one reason the Thunder took him is the the pull-up three. Like, that's that's what I would say. That why did the Thunder take Trey Mann? The pull-up three. It is yeah, probably the range. best pull up three. Yeah, probably the best pull up three in the draft. Yeah, I would say together and, with Cade. Sure. Yeah, and also his size too. He's six five. Like this is not a small guard. I know that a lot of people just associate the name Trey with a small small guard, but he's he's six five. Like he legit could probably play some two at the yeah. NBA level, if he oh, can yeah. bulk up. Like, offensively, he certainly can. Defensively, like, the dude won't guard twos. Maybe probably won't even guard ones. Um, yeah, and but he's the pull-up exact- three is, is, yeah. the, is the bread and butter for him. And this is something that he mentioned in his interview, like, uh, in, in his um, introductory pre- press conference. I mean, that he has to be stronger. He knows mm-hmm. that. Um, yep. I think he will be a guy that will just make crazy shots. And this is something that I, I mean, he will make Lillard slash Curry shots from day one. Sure. Uh, not with the same yeah. consistency, not with the same effectiveness, because he's Trey Mann and not Steph Curry nor Damian Lillard. Uh, but the guy can shot from 32 feet with ease. And, and those guys are, are needed in the league. Um, the, mm-hmm. de- the defense, in the end, will be what separates him from a microwave bench scorer like someone in the chat said um or or just um a very very good player um okc is willing to bet on his work ethic and the fact that he really improved from year one to year two in uh, in college which is something that you always have to take into consideration now that i say always the same things but look for improvement 
and he also improved physically from year one to year two because he grew a couple of inches. So uh, maybe he'll still maybe for the end of the summer will be six six. So who knows? Maybe we can play some some three. Um, but again, that that skill together with Lou Dort and Shea gives you extreme flexibility. Like if you have Dort and Man, then you have an offense uh, anyway. Even if Lou Dort is yeah. not crazy good at spacing the floor uh, he can space the floor for giddy um so i really think that he, when you have a guy like that that you can pass in the ball he can just isolate and and take a like a crazy three from from the dribble and, and, and granted he didn't have the cleanest shot selection in the draft he take he took like pretty bad shots and still he was able to eat 40 percent of his threes which is like <laughs> nonsensical i mean book knight had a bad shot selection, and he shot 30% from three. <laughs> like, man, yeah. and, and the, like the reason why, and there were a question in the chat, so I'll end there. The question why Booknight is a top 10 player, and, well, 11th, um, and man is, like, in the 20s, in terms of mock drafts and value, is because mm-hmm. Booknight is a completely different athlete, and he's way more long than Trey Mann in terms of uh, wingspan, stuff like that. And that, that counts for NBA stronger, executives. Much yeah. stronger, too. Yes, yes. The pull-up, if you, if you, if you, te- like if you just do a pull-up contest, I, I, I would probably pick, pick Trey Mann. But overall, I mean, BookNet is a far more complete prospect than, than Trey Mann. The passing, mm, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit in favor of Trey Mann. Ye- oh, yeah. They're both not great, but mm-hmm. Trey Mann is certainly better. Mm-hmm. Uh, than book night and yeah I would agree I would I mean the profile it, yeah if, if all you want to look at is pull up shooting like he'd go number one in the draft <laughs> I got yeah. fairly convinced of that but there's just obviously so much more to it and they're betting on that being good enough and this even the spot up being good enough to where you can just throw him out there and you can be even more versatile because I think you can play next to guys. I think you can be yeah. somebody that's the primary handler and just go create. Uh, now, there's a question of, like, does is there going to be time on the court for him? I think that's a very, very real question. Uh, I think that he might play some with the blue this year. I think that that's certainly possible. Now, he is a sophomore. He's 20 years old, and so you'd rather have him with, with the team. But perhaps he's not ready in terms of strength and conditioning and so he might need some time with the blue in order to get some of that and to just have some on-the-court time. I think the Thunder will have to use um, – the Thunder will, are going to have to use the blue this year, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, he can uh, score Mark Stein is reporting there. that the Cavs are prepared to offer uh, a fifth-year, five-year, $100 million range to center Jared Allen. Golly. What? what a convoluted team. Yeah, Let me read. Mil. Oh, that is That's great. That's Let's rough. pair him with even Mobley and be happy with that. While yeah. the rest of the league is going one direction, we go in our direction, we don't which know is where we're going. tiny guard Nowhere. that play no defense and mm-hmm. two very tall guy that will never be able to space the core really together, plus a non-shooting yeah. three. Awesome. That is exactly what you should do. Be right back in the lottery next year. We'll see you there again, Cavs. Sounds good. Bye. Uh, James Anderson says that he believes that he's a better prospect than Maladon, Jerome, any of those. Absolutely. Like He went much higher in the draft, in a better draft Mm -hmm. than those guys. Uh, So I agree he's a better prospect. Uh, Will he be ready to play? I mean, Tim Maladon put the most minutes on the Thunder last year. Like He's he's going to play next year. Uh, Ty Jerome hit 42, almost 43% on volume last yeah. year. He's going to play. Now, can Trey Mann, like, he can get in there and he can show what he can do and be better than those guys? I think that's absolutely possible. I think it's absolutely possible. Would I bet on it? Not in, not initially, mm-hmm. but I think the hope is that within the next calendar year, that we're talking about Trey Mann as like the backup point guard or the backup guard or even like pushing like, oh my gosh, they got to give him more minutes kind of thing. Uh, that's certainly the hope but, and yeah. to give those guys some competition. But you play five guards. Don't worry. I mean, OKC will play definitely. five, six guards. So Definitely. So yeah, he'll be there. Giddy's not the, the guard. Like, 
I don't think Gidi's a guard either. No, I, I mean, Gidi is a guard, but it doesn't count in the guard rotations because he will be tasked to be uh, probably a defender of threes and fours. Yeah, he fills he fills in the gaps wherever you need him and exactly. will still be able to do his thing. Um, yep. But yeah, no, I, I agree. The, the thing is, like, this year is about development. It's not about winning basketball games. Uh, I think they'll win basketball games. I don't think that that will, that will be a... I think they. I think they'll win like probably even more than what some think. Like I think that they'll they will have a surprising year. But I this. But that's not what this year is about. It's about development. And if it's about development, then Trey Mann's going to play yeah. some here and there. Like he's just going to have to. And maybe you'll have times where Ty is sitting, and you know that's certainly certainly possible. Uh, let's talk about Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Um, gosh, Thunder, just don't you know, like, do Chris Fisher a favor and stop drafting guys and bringing guys in that have hyphenated last names. It's just not, it's just not nice, really. Yeah. Uh, but I would say I was so impressed with all of these guys as just like young men and mm-hmm. the way that they carry themselves, the way they handle themselves. It's um, because you are a dad. I, it is one, it is. I'm not. I'm serious. I'll, I'll tell the story. Like there is some. Some of that is true. Some of that is absolutely true. But the way that they just spoke mm-hmm. on stage, uh, they were just impressive. Like I was just impressed with the whole group. Yeah. They all carried themselves very, very well. Um, there's just something about JRE that is like. There's just something about him that you're just like, like wow. Like I really like that guy. There's yeah. just there is there is something about him. Uh, that I, I don't know. I think he, I'm really glad they, I don't know if he's going to be good at basketball or not, but I can tell you that this is a high quality human being that yeah. they brought in to the Thunder and not to discount anybody else, but there was just something a little bit different about him. And Mike, so just peek behind the curtain uh, on that press conference day, they had us park over at the Omni Hotel, which is right across the street from the arena. It's like a perfect location. For this is where all the teams are going to stay. This is where players are going to stay. This is where all the the players and their families are staying right now. Uh, so they had us park over there, and so like we spent some time just hanging out there while they were going to get um, uh, our car, and the players came back in through the Omni as they're coming up. And so like I'm not like going to go up to those guys. Like it's just awkward. Like I just talked to them, but I just told my kids like, hey. This is their name. Go up and say hello to them and see if you can take their picture. Here's one of them right now. Here's what, I built. what did you build? Yes. That is super cool, dude. Um, so, but they went up to each one of them, like and like JRE, like got down on their level, like shook their hands, like wanted to know their names, like just like super nice people. And that's that to me. I think, and Sam Presti said that like they draft people over players. Uh, I think that that's true. I think that they, I think that they did that. I think that we, I, I saw evidence of it at the presser, and I saw evidence of it just the way that they treated people out in public. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's cool. Does it mean they're going to be good basketball players? No, it doesn't. But does it help to build a team culture yeah. with guys that are like that? It definitely does. Uh, so I, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of Jerry. And then you watch his game and you're like, wow, like this is a really tough guy. Like, yeah. He, he's going to be able to do a lot of different things on the court. The, the swing skill, the skill that is going to determine on whether he is going to be a long-term NBA player is going to be the three-point shooting. Can he hit a corner three to mm. me is going to determine what kind of player and how long he's in the NBA um he he profiles as a guy like a guy that I like really like um like almost like a little Grant Williamsy with like just like the just like the sheer size and toughness yeah. and like going to be play multiple positions um but he could be like he could be a high level role player if he yes. hits a corner three like Jay like Jay Crowder you know what role like does he play like, in your opinion I think he's he's to me, he's a four. Wrong in the league, to, or five? Yes. How you think he is? <laughs> I mean, he, he doesn't have the size of a five to like play full time five. Six nine. But six I nine two thirty. 
I know he's he's a big cat, but I'm just but, saying like he doesn't defend like the Joel Embiid's and the Nikola Jokic's of the world. Nor does Ibaka, and no one cares. I know. I'm just saying I like him quite a bit. I didn't. He he continues. Uh, he continues the trend of guys that we did not profile on Thunder After Dark, right? Um, I think we should do a Thunder After Dark on him and do a deep dive on him yeah. at some point. Um, but after not knowing who he is, really, I knew I knew of him. Certainly, I knew of him because he was like a top forty guy on most people's draft boards. I didn't know him very well, though. Um, I don't I don't hate what they did with him. I mm. he's he's not like this high like crazy high upside swing, but I think that he could be a like fan favorite and that he is going to like do the dirty work. I think he's going to be able to hit a corner three. I think that that's that's the to me that's the bet the Thunder are making is can he hit the corner three? Cuz if he can, then this is like the the kind of role player that everybody's looking for like switchy, tough, defensive minded sacrifice everything for the team all those like cliches like he is all of that in one package yeah i completely agree and to me when you are 6'9 and he can exploit a double team uh or sorry um a switch like if he's yeah if a small guard switch into him i think he, he can cook in the post and he's a smart guy you can tell that he knows where to be, what to do with the ball. It's not the guy that when you're passing the ball, it's going to pull out um, a Rob- Robertson or something like that. I mean, he will be able mm-hmm. to move it and or to take decision. So um, I think that in the chat, like a lot of guys are saying, um, like he's a better shooter than most of the guys. Like he's, um, he's going to be PJ Tucker. Yeah, I don't dislike that. I think that if the corner three is hit, as Andrew said, then there is... Um, there is a good chance that he can be your stretch five coming off the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost like Jeremy Grant in his second year with OKC, where he played the center and was faster than anyone. And defensively, yeah. when you play against second unit guys, like, yeah, maybe you will be... Like, there will be guys that beat you. Uh, if you play against Vucevic, yeah, I will cook on you. If you play against, um, I don't know, uh, Embiid, Jokic... Guess what? Half of the league will will be in trouble. Even your started your mm-hmm. your Derek favor uh, favors. So, mm-hmm. what's I mean to me? Oh, yeah, he sure. is your Isaiah Robbie, and, and like I wouldn't be surprised if he if Robbie goes somewhere else and he plays every minute yeah. off the bench as a center because he makes sense yeah. in a lineup with Poku with Baisley. I mean, there's yeah. again, he's versatile enough. And to me, 6'9", mm-hmm. 242, as James Anderson says, um, mm-hmm. there is your center. He's a big cat. I like yeah. him. Big yeah. fan. Uh, really like him. Uh, Aaron Wiggins selected at 55. He is going to be one of the two-way players for the Thunder, as reported by um, our guy Joe Masato. Mm-hmm. Big shout-out to Joe Masato. Just like a just a number one great guy, Joe Masato. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, uh, Aaron Wiggins, just a, it's a flyer, like – Maybe the best athlete out of all these guys they've drafted. Mm-hmm. Plays on the wing. Likes to take mid-range jumpers. Likes to Good finish shooter. in transition. Yeah, likes to dunk it. Kind of a fun player. Will he work out? I have no idea. Like, here's your Josh Hall, right? Yeah. Here's like, let's see. Like, let's see. So yeah, we'll see. We don't need to spend a lot of time on him. We can do a Thunder After Dark about him too, just to kind of profile the kind of player that he is. But. Um, yeah, let's let's move on to free agency because this is uh, this is a very exciting free agency. Just because I think it's going to be a little unpredictable. There's no giant names I think will move. Uh, Kyle Lowry is probably the biggest one that I think will move. I do think the Thunder are going to put themselves out there as a facilitator of business. Mm-hmm. Like, let's. Oh, you need ten million in cap space. Oh, we I can, can help give you with that. that. You know, come on, Brooklyn. We can he, make all this happen. Do you want to get rid of uh, DeAndre Jordan? It will cost you twenty twenty eight. Yeah, Top 10 protected. Something yep. like that. We'll take it. Yes, we'll take it. We'll take that off your hands. Now, a lot of people have been like, "Oh, let's go get Larry Markkinen. Let's trade for Devonte Graham. Let's make all these like sign and trade, or let's get a restricted free agent." I just would be very surprised if the Thunder actually got in the restricted free agent game. Now, perhaps. 
like Zach Collins is not a restricted free agent anymore. No. Maybe the Thunder really like him. They really like uh, guys from Gonzaga. Now he's hurt. What does he get on the market? Probably something very, very little. Yeah, less than and a million, you, I think. Oh, it better be less than the, than the mid-level exception. Like, it just has to be less mm. than the MLE. Maybe even less and than the, uh, the taxpayer. MLE. The mini. Yeah. Mm. It better be. I mean, I, th- I mean, I wouldn't pay him four years, 20. Like, I don't know that I would no, do that. No, but you don't have to go that to that length. I think that something like 10 million, 12 million t- for, for 10. three years with the team option in the third, that is already good yeah. value for Collins that... He, he knows that his career yeah. is in jeopardy right now. So he has it to is. take a deal like that. And it, and to to be with a team that has, like, there's no pressure, Zach. Like, there's no yeah. pressure at all. Yeah, come like, back I can when you see want. It, I can see it there. I can see it there. Because if he comes back and can play at the level that people thought he could, or even the level that he did when he did play, like, that's a good player. Like, Zach Collins is a really nice center. Mm-hmm. Like, if that's your center of the future, that's cool. If he stays uh, I wouldn't healthy, be betting yes. on anything like that. Yeah, if he's healthy, I wouldn't be betting on that. I mean, his everything about him has said that like it's probably not going to work out, which really stinks for him. Mm-hmm. So that kind of risk, sure. Uh, going to pay Markkinen, like I'm sorry, guys. Like I just, I just have a hard time seeing it. I know he. Where is that in your serial scale? Oh man, I don't know. He's like Rice Krispies, but you're like. But you really don't want Rice Krispies. You're digging, you want something a little bit more sugary, and so you're having to go get the sugar and like sweeten it up. And it's like, is it really worth it to, for for me to do that? Like, just like this pure sugar. Like, what am I doing? That's kind of how you feel. Yeah, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I know that, that the fit is okay. There is very little value on paying Markin. Well, if you pay him for for forty eight, sure. I mean, it's it's a yeah. great deal. He will never sign for that. Um, and yeah. Chicago will never yeah. let him go for that amount, so they will basically re-sign him immediately. Yeah, they will keep him. Why not? Yeah, twelve minutes you? is okay. Um, and so I don't see, I don't really see the values, and I don't see the value in. If I don't see the value there, to me the grand thing is even worse. Like, why? Why are yeah. you doing that? Like, at least with Markin, and you can give him space without having to the, the only person that will suffer from his present is probably Darius Baisley. Uh yeah. because it will take yeah, all the so. minutes. Yeah. But with Graham, I mean it's already hard to play all the guys and we didn't even mention Kemba Walker because we believe that he, that he will not be there for training camp. But right. he's there. Right. <laughs> he's very real yeah. and if he's yeah. there then he will play twenty five plus. So mm-hmm. to me the Graham thing makes no sense. The Dinwiddie makes zero sense as well but at least you get a pick something like that but to me if you're brooklyn yeah. like like just pay a pick to get rid of jared allen and find a trade that makes sense for dean witty because there will be someone yeah. i mean to me washington is the perfect fit for dean witty because he's tall he can play very well with um uh, with bradley, bradley beal it makes so much sense yeah 100%. so why 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 trading like paying to get rid of Dinwiddie, I, I don't see that to being a thing. Yeah, I mean, you just have to think of, I mean, the only lines I can draw to it are, if OKC is able to get in a sign and trade, a pick out of Brooklyn so that Brooklyn can create the, and Alex tweeted this out, create the trade exception so that they can go get somebody else. Like Brooklyn's like basically playing with funny money right now. Like it's just insane. Um, you get you get that asset, and then three months down the road, you can trade him again. Yeah. Get another first round pick. Just it's just a lot of trouble to go to. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a floor raiser for those three months that he's on your mm-hmm. team. Like that's a floor raiser. Dinwiddie's yeah. good. Yeah, he's Dinwiddie good. Dinwiddie is legitimately he's healthy, a good, he's good player. Yeah, and I think that if he, I think he helps Washington a tremendous amount. I mean, I would say that Washington is like just as good or better. If they get him, I didn't love the Westbrook deal for them because it feels like they just got like all of the Lakers spare parts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, all right, what are we doing here? But if they get, and then they traded the the pick that they got for Aaron Holiday, so like, they need a guard desperately because the only guards they have on their team right now are Aaron Holiday and Russell Westbrook. Like that's it, 
or not Russell Westbrook, uh, Bradley Beal, sorry. Yeah. Uh, those are the only two guards that they have. Yeah, that's if you bring in Dinwiddie, like, that yeah. solves a huge problem for you, and you likely are trading like one of Kyle, Kyle Kuzma or Davis Bertans or whoever it is to the Nets, and it like solves everybody's problems. Yeah, I think that the deal that can make sense is something around the lines where Washington gets Dinwiddie, OKC gets Montrez, uh, and... Washington and and Brooklyn gets uh, ten millions in salary somehow. Uh, maybe KCP, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Kuz, uh, and I mean to me that makes perfect sense for everyone. Um, Brooklyn will pay less in tax. Um, OKC gets a player that will never touch base in OKC, and even if he does, I mean uh, he'll produce and probably he's a guy that I mean I don't like the idea of having both favors and him. Um, but these are guys where you can say, look, we like you elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. just stay wherever, stay ready. We will make everything possible to to reroute you wherever you want to go. And, and I think yeah. that for 9 million, there will be teams that maybe in, in as the first um, few months of the season go, they will look to Trez and say, well, we may need him uh, because he can score yeah. off the bench and will be better, and, and it doesn't cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know there there are ways for the Thunder to get in on these free agent deals without it being you know directly taking on some guys. Yeah. Um, and then Kemba, I mean. It's just it's just interesting all these names that are popping up like Kyle like the Kyle Lowry race has been kind of nuts to me and I pointed this out last week with Alex on Wednesday just that like Kimba's younger he's you know on already on like a he's not on a great contract that's obviously like one of the bigger hangups but if he were a free agent like I think teams would be like really wanting him I think there'd be teams lining up to get him. Yeah, and so you have to wonder. Like Dallas has cleared all this cap space. Mm-hmm. They're probably not going to get Kyle Lowry. It seems like Kyle Lowry is going to Miami. Um, what are they going to do? Like, what's their what's their play with all this cap space? You know, the Thunder can try to work a deal to get Kemba there. Yeah, and that's certainly something. Same with New Orleans. New Orleans made that big trade before the draft, which I I really like for them now because of what both teams did with their picks at 10 and at 17, uh, getting Trey Murphy. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah, yes, uh, I don't like the Zaire thing, but anyway. The Zaire thing is weird. Yeah. I would be, dude, talk about, like, Thunder fans being miffed. If you're a Grizzlies fan and you took on all that salary just so you could take Zaire Williams at 10. To get the guy like, you can get at 17. <laughs> I would be losing it. I'd be yeah. absolutely losing it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think, I, I think that there's a world where there are fits for Kemba around the league and that just makes more sense for him to be gone, especially when you, with the draft that the Thunder had, with the amount of ball handlers that they have on the team, the system they want to play in, um, there's still a chance Kemba suits up for the Thunder and we get to see him play on the Paycom arena floor or Paycom center floor. Sorry. Wow. Paycom. Um, We'll never get used to that. But anyway. Yeah, but I think it's still more likely that he gets traded into one of these spots that then are able to take back an asset and then just stare at Brad Stevens and giggle, you know. Yeah, and you don't even have to get an asset necessarily. I mean, they will probably get... they definitely will. They They definitely definitely will, will. yes. Um, New York is a team that makes sense for Kemba. Dallas, we mentioned him. We mentioned it. Um, New Orleans, I think that there are better options. Um, now that I'm very curious to see where Dragic goes. That is a player yeah, which, definitely. if I'm Dallas, I would try to get oh, him. Oh, yeah. And to yeah, play. for sure. Yeah, just play him and Luca, and and yeah. he will probably be reach a buyout agreement with Toronto. So. Yeah. Yeah, most likely. Most likely. Uh, Sam Amick is reporting that um, teams like the Pelicans are pivoting from their Kyle Lowry search and are now focused on Reggie Jackson. 
Um, Yay! Let's get Reggie, so, hoping that he will be as good as last year, but he will, he won't, especially on a fat deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Knicks, Celtics, and Nuggets are also in the mix for Reggie Jackson. Um, yeah, the Celtics need there. a shot creator badly. They yeah. got they got Richardson, which is a, another wing that cannot really create oh my gosh. to a high level. He's yeah. is going to be Marcus Smart, the guy that will create for you, I don't think. So this is another team where like had they not trade for Fournier, now they could have uh a TPE where you can slide in a guy like Dean Witty, which makes mm-hmm. so much sense for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh there's so much information about specifically the Oklahoma City Thunder out there with regards to free agency, like the Devontae Graham stuff. Like, listen, if if the draft didn't teach you anything, let it have taught you this. Don't believe everything you read on Twitter yeah. about this team and about what Sam Presti wants to do and about what this team wants to do. Literally, no one had any of the picks right. Nobody had them right. Lee Ellis was the only one that had it right. So if you want to figure out what Sam Presti's doing, talk to Lee Ellis check Lee Ellis's timeline. Does Lee Ellis have anything on his timeline about it? Then don't believe it. Then you don't have to believe it, okay? There's so much misdirection going on with agents, with teams, with everybody else. Like the sh- you think the Thunder were going to trade Shea Gilders Alexander on draft night? That was never going to happen, guys. Yeah. Shea's going to sign an extension at midnight tonight, most likely. Okay. I, I thought you were breaking news. <laughs> And then you had him most I'm not likely. breaking news. I'm not breaking news. Yeah. That's just what's going to happen. They're going to offer him the full extension, right? Yeah. Like, that's what's going to happen, and he's likely going to sign it. Like, that's just probably what's going to happen. They weren't trading him on draft night. No. That was not going to happen. That was leaked by somebody else. And right now, somebody else is saying that the Thunder want to sign Devontae Graham. Why? Because Devontae Graham's agent wants him to have a giant fat contract. That's why. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Does Devontae Graham make sense on this team that has Kimball Walker that they still need to trade? Do we have to even talk about it? All right. We don't have to talk about it. No. We got to go. All right. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Be sure to follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Uh, thanks to everybody that came to the draft party. It was incredible. Like overwhelming, incredible. It was so much fun. Uh, big shouts to Brett Dawson, John Hamm that were there too. That was super fun. Um, just an unbelievable event. Uh, thanks to Fassler Hall and Lively Beer Works for helping us put that on. Uh, it was incredible. And we're going to do lots more events like that coming up. So hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday. Wednesday.